Hello, and welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, where today we will be discussing lodge consolidations and mergers. Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Podcast, a casual conversation around Freemasonry. First, it's important to note that our opinions and thoughts are our own and do not reflect those of our Grand Lodge or respective craft or concordant bodies. Please connect with us and ask questions, either here on YouTube or on our Facebook page. We'd also appreciate a thumbs up and especially any comments on our videos. Tools podcast, and I'm Stephen Chung, one of your co-hosts tonight, along with very worshipful brother David Colbeth out of Washington State, and along with very worshipful brother Matthew Appel from Washington State. Tonight we have with us <clears throat> Wayne Zerka, I probably pronounced it wrong, from the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon, and he can uh, let you know what his uh, all his titles and things he's involved in are. Uh, we also have Jared Dunham uh, from, uh, was a member of Headley Lodge, is now Peach, uh, pardon me, Penticton 147 here in, in the Okanagan. As well, we have the current Worshipful Master of Penticton 147, <clears throat> uh, Brother Gordon Heyman. And uh, thank you all for making the time to come here and, and uh, join us on our podcast tonight. Wayne, could you give us a, a brief rundown of what it is that you do at Grand Lodge with respect to this? So I am the committee chair of the uh, Warranted Lodges and Lodges Under Dispensation. So we do assist those lodges that are considering consolidation, where there is a resource. Um, essentially, when lodges want to consolidate, though, they have to uh, drive the bus, as it were. We'll, we'll give them you know, information, and uh, we can even meet with them and uh and speak to their members but really and truly um, that's for them to handle in that regard where there is a resource we can make recommendations in, in regard to that also uh lodges under dispensation so we could recommend that and districts as well so they're all sort of tied in together in that regard okay now um so maybe can you give us a, a like a, a quick rundown of if a lodge is gonna consider you know doing an amalgamation or things like that? What what's the what's that process look like? An overview. Well, generally, you really have to look, and it's important to look at a partner. Who are you going to partner with? You have to look sort of at your strengths, their strengths. It's sort of like a marriage in that regard, and you have to have a somewhat of a courtship usually two years is recommended we sometimes see lodges taking too quick a, an approach in this regard and it often ends in failure but um so the two years to uh do joint uh degree conferrals uh, social events community events um education programs 
you're getting to know each other in that regard and, and seeing what the culture is of that lodge and if that fits with with your lodge as well. Um, so that's sort of the big factor, really finding a good fit. Essentially, it is better to do this while you're in a power of strength. You've got better bargaining sort of situation going into it and you have something to offer and your, your partnering uh, lodge also needs to have that as well. So really uh, going through a, uh, some kind of analysis, SWOT analysis or whatnot, to really look at what your strengths, what you have to offer, areas for improvement. And uh, through this whole process, basically, you're trying to envision what the new lodge would look like. Because you can't really stay at status quo. You have to try to go for something better in that regard for to succeed. Now, there's a whole, the, the committee has made up a guidelines of a, a process. Now, lodges do come for different reasons, but essentially um, there are some guidelines that they can go. You don't have a cookie cutter kind of a, a, a solution to everything, but um, it is a bit of a process. So that would be the beginning. I could go through other, you want to ask some questions further to that or? Well, uh, Jared, you've gone through this process um anything you'd like to share or, or kick in on that well i sort of gone through this process i mean we were unsuccessful in our amalgamation because we were originally going to amalgamate with the the lodge in princeton and that never that eventually never went through so i mean i've seen i've seen the amalgamation that happened between two lodge the two lodges in this district with um Trapani and Summerlin, but I've never actually been a mem member of a lodge that's has successfully amalgamated yet. Ah, okay. What, uh, Jared, um, Jared, what happened? Do you know what happened? Why it didn't go through? Ultimately, our problem was we couldn't, we couldn't decide on where we wanted to meet. Um, the lodge that we were going to amalgamate, actually, we sponsored them back in the 1940s. Um, and they, they meet in Princeton, which is about an hour and 15 minutes from Penticton here. And we were meeting in Karameas, which is about a 35 minute drive from here. And the problem was the Princeton, if I remember correctly, uh, the Princeton members wanted to stay in Princeton and we wanted to stay in Karameas because most of us, most of the members were actually from Penticton and we didn't feel like driving an hour and 15 to go to lodge all the time. And Karameas, Karameas is only 45 minutes from Princeton. But in the winter, it does tend to be a bit of a dicey drive. Um, but that was our bit. I think that, if I remember correctly, that was our biggest stumbling block was we just couldn't decide which building we were going to meet in. And so that conversation was pretty short then about amalgamating. It was not a long drawn out. After a no. year, you, it was like, oh, hey, we're just not going to. Well, it was about it was about a year later that we'd, we'd gone through and done some discussions and stuff like that. Um, because, yeah, but ultimately it it failed and we sold our building and moved. Did you sell your building or did you give it away? We sold it. It was a giveaway, but we sold it to the local, um, <clears throat> we sold it to the uh, Karameas Museum Society. So we gave them a very good deal on it. Um, but we did make some, we did get some money for it. So Gordon, you, you've gone through the process and completed? No, no, not at all. Uh, we our lodge was presented an offer to amalgamate with another lodge. And uh, at this point, it's not being considered. Okay. So it's again, just a consideration, never 
did, did you get similar? Was it was it similar issues? Were there other issue cultural issues or? So the lodge that wanted to amalgamate with us, we actually share a building. So their Canadian works were American work. Um, but the terms of the amalgamation were that they would keep their name, their number, and their work. So essentially, they would just get our membership and everything about us would just disappear. Uh, we considered, or we discussed very, very briefly, uh, trying to come up with a ritual sharing type of scenario where we could do a little bit of Canadian work and then maybe the next meeting we would do ancient work, but that was, um, well, we were told that that wasn't allowed under the uh, Grand Lodge rules. Uh, so essentially everything that Penticton 147, my lodge, is would just disappear and we'd all become members of Orion 51 uh, Canadian work. So it, it just, the way that it was presented, it didn't seem much like an amalgamation. It just, it, it seemed like capitulation. Well, American work should win out, shouldn't it? Sorry, I'm a little biased. <laughs> I, I certainly prefer it. Uh, Spe speaking calls, of, speaking of American. American. <laughs> speaking <laughs> of American. So Matt, your lodge has gone through and uh, we don't call it amalgamation. That's a fancy Canadian word, but we just call it merger. Uh, it's consolidation. Consolidation. In, in Excuse me. Code, it's consolidation. Yeah. I, I will bow to the deputy. Go, go for so, it. Yeah, I, I, I think that makes me the, the, the biggest loser in the bunch. Yes, uh, I actually, our lodge uh, consolidated with another, I don't know, merged, whatever you want, whatever verb you want to use there. Um, and actually, while I was deputy, another lodge in my district uh, went through the process and got all the way to the end where they voted, um, they voted whether or not they were going to, to consolidate and they, the vote failed in the lodge in my district. So much to my surprise, I had, I had my whole speech ready about how, Oh, this is like a marriage and you know, they grow <laughs> together and blah, blah, blah. And wait a minute, it failed. So it was a, it was interesting. And we, yes, uh, go ahead, we here at my lodge, uh, several years ago, we had briefly thought about, um, doing a, a merger or consolidation with uh, Kalamalka Lodge in Vernon. Um, but again, you know, which lodge hall do you go? Who's going to do the, the hour-long commute? And uh, that got to be a go-nowhere conversation, and it was just decided that we would focus on our um, on, it, on implementing the six-step program and the uh, mentorship program and see if we can't um, rebuild a lodge that was decimated by a, 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 a cancer to 10 guys in five years. And uh, prior to that, there was a rift in the lodge and um, disharmony caused some people to demit and some others just to you know, sojourn and disappear into the background. Um, and so far it's been working. Um, it took the effort of a few, a lot of effort of the few to, um, avoid, uh, having to go that route. And, um, you know, we have a full slate of officers. We don't have a, a huge membership active on the sidelines at the moment. We are growing. And, um, I mean, right now we have 10 people 
10 sitting there in the six step program, uh, six of which were prepared to, uh, um, pardon me, three of which had done the memory test and three of which were almost ready to do the memory test and submit their petitions for membership. So um, we have a lot of guys in the works right now and we can't do a darn thing with them. So uh, we are dripping education to them through the mentorship program now. And um, we are trying to stay active in communication with them throughout COVID. Yeah. So our, we, uh, I guess we lucked out in that respect. Unlike, unlike, uh, kind of like Gordon was saying, we, there are actually three lodges that meet or met in the building where we met. Um, and so we, and the other lodge who don't own the building were the two that merged. And luckily we don't have the, um, the ritual cultural differences there because there's only one ritual in, in Washington. So it was a, sounds like we avoided two of the speed bumps that we, uh, we just talked about that is the distance and the, that, that ritual issue that, um, that could, but uh, it's actually the lodge that when I was deputy that, that the, the merger failed, they, it was a similar thing to, to what you were saying, Gordon, the, um, the guys who, who voted against it said that when we, was it when, when they, they had moved a few years earlier and they had said when they moved that they were never going to give up their name. And so they didn't want to compromise. They were, you know, uh, I'll, I'll pick a name to keep them anonymous, but the, the John L. Smith Lodge, and they were going to stay the John L. Smith Lodge. And even if they were going to merge and keep their number and it was going to be the, you know, Smith Jones Lodge or whatever, they didn't want to, didn't want to lose that piece of their identity. And so that was why it ended up failing in the end, much, again, much to my surprise, because all the other issues had been worked out. So, well, we had uh, what I believe to be a successful one so far in, in District 10, which was Summerland 56 and uh, P uh, Peachland 83, um, or I mean, uh, it was Champagne 83, and they've become Peachland 56. So, they, um, a lot of their hurdles was, you know, the number of the lodge meant a lot to some brethren. And, and the big uh, debate was over which number to keep, uh, 56 or 83. And, of course, 56 is a much lower number and been around longer. And so there was a lot of guys that really were holding out for that. And it was interesting to me because from an outsider's point of view, I was visiting that lodge during that debate where they were having this open floor debate about the amalgamation or consolidation thereof, these two lodges. And um, I heard a lot of guys standing hard on the name. And I kind of, you know, like in true Steve Chung fashion, stood up in the middle of it all and said, Really? Are you guys going to just let it all fall apart over a name? Pick the lowest number, come up with a new name, call it, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. But uh, um, really, if that, if that's all it's boiling down to is a name, that's pretty sad because you got a couple of good lodges here. And um, you know what? They turned around and they, and they came up with uh, a good name for themselves. And they, I think, are doing fairly well just Pre-COVID, they were uh, um, very active, as far as I understood. 
Yeah, I, I actually suggested to this lodge that they just dump both names and, and name themselves the Matthew J. Apple Lodge, but uh, apparently not. The, the tradition of naming the lodge after the district deputy did, did not uh, did not go through. So Steve said well, something interesting there that there was a successful merger of those two lodges. So I guess Wayne, you've got more experience at looking at these than than anybody in this panel here. What? Uh, how would you define a successful merger? What what looks like a successful merger? Well, after it happens? and I was going to comment too on the name because that's one of the pitfalls. Too early entering into the whole name issue can really kill it. And so, and there was one lodge that was very successful. They had all their ducks in a row. They did the two year, they followed everything and they, uh, they decided they wanted to go with uh, not a, you know, a double barrel name. They want to go with something entirely new. They went through that process, had many meetings, uh, getting input from everybody. They had a list of names and they finally decided on one. But in one of the lodges where they went for the vote, it, it was the same issue. There were some of the older members or more senior members that felt that they'd lose that history if they lost their name. So they, seven of them voted it down that night. But at the next <clears throat> meeting, fortunately, I guess they, they'd had some conversation and persuaded. And so then that came through successfully. Um, so a lot of times, like I said, with the successful lodges, generally they have to have a little bit of strength if they come too late to the process, two weak lodges are going to fail. So essentially going through all that um, process, you got to form committees early on in the process. But a big thing is inclusion of all members. You have to communicate that even though the committee does work, they have to report back um, and let your members voice concerns. They may have fears. I mean, a lot of, a lot of members have been 50 plus. Uh, they put a lot into that lodge and they have a lot of fears that it's going to change. Um, because, so it gets very emotional. So taking that time to, uh, to hear from your members, it's, it's, it's a good process. And I think they'll come along once it's all said and done. One of the, uh, sorry, one of the issues that we had at 147 was that uh, we had lots of... Um, uh, affiliated members that were also members of the lodge that was that had suggested the amalgamation and uh, there were a large number of 147 members who just weren't comfortable having those uh, open and honest discussions while brothers from the other lodge who are also members of our lodge were present and that uh, that made it really difficult awkward if you will uh, but when we had those uh, invitations to have those meetings and discussions you know we, we invited everybody from penticton 147 whether you're an affiliate or not uh, you had the right to attend those meetings and uh, i don't know in hindsight whether or not that was actually it, it was certainly the the politically correct decision, but I don't know if it was the right one. I have seen that before in the, the lodge that I was, or the couple lodges I was mentioning, they actually, a few of their members did affiliate with sort of cross-pollination there. And there was an issue with one lodge that they felt, yeah, they were honing in and, and, and I was concerned that I was going to kill it kind of thing because there was some bad feelings upon those that affiliated and they were brought into question their motives and uh, 
it just wasn't productive at all. I was deputy at that time as well, so I uh, was able to uh, sort of get them to think otherwise. But it was uh, it was a shame because that's the that, that's a little bit of backbiting and stuff like that that can happen. And it's usually just a, a minority of, of brethren that are doing this, and but it can kill the whole deal. So Wayne, um, you say you've been doing this a half dozen years or more. Um, how many how many of these uh, amalgamations? Have you handled in the last couple of years here in BC? Well, I'd say we maybe about four or so in that respect. And like I said, they'll usually we'll get somebody contacting us, usually myself, and uh, you know we we can put forth information to them, resources. We we can sometimes one because our committee is spread throughout the jurisdiction, so somebody can usually attend and maybe come to the lodge meeting or to both lodges and uh, and give some information and and, uh, and we follow through the process too. If they have any questions, we can certainly uh, uh, do that. And so th through that communication, uh, it, 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 uh, you know, some of them have been successful. Other ones, like I said, they're either coming into it too late or we have a few in my own district that have been talking about it for years and years, but there doesn't seem to be that commitment level there struggling there's like I said a core group of people and they're burning themselves out so uh, they're not making really any progress they're sort of doing the dance but it's in vain and I, I guess that's uh, that, that that's probably the biggest challenge for any of the lodges is to identify when when is the you know right time to actually um work hard at, at making something like this happen um i guess uh you know you gotta find a lot of guys in denial um you know i'd be one of the last ones to let it go down i'd be like no no we're gonna keep chucking along right we're gonna make it happen right you know mm -hmm. um and uh you know i guess that's that's the biggest challenge right is finding the the right time to make that call. Yeah. Um, Wayne, do you find that the lodges that have merged are are successfully continuing? It sounded a little bit gray there, but well, the one that I'd mentioned about the name and the whole thing—they're doing marvelously. They've got young contingent of officers, so a steady succession. They're great ritualists, a wonderful uh, education program, and a lot of backbench uh, uh, past masters that can assist where needed so yeah they're thriving uh, definitely um and interestingly enough those each of those lodges that came together had done consolidations previously so they did have that experience and then that's probably why it was so smooth because they had some experience in that regard but you know and then they knew it was time they had to do something and they were concerned actually because they were both seeing themselves as a bit weak and so we, we were tentative at it but we said well you know that's great go for it and it's it's worked well for them um yeah there have been a few that sort of jumped into it quicker but they seem to be managing fine so um but like i said if, if it's two weak lodges it's 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 a bit doomed in that regard yeah one of the things i've noticed in in looking at the at our lodge and at others that i've seen uh, go through this if you when you add one and one you don't get two you get eh, one and a half one and three quarters 
Yeah. And there's always something lost there. And, you know, there's always somebody who gets their, their knickers in a twist and decides that they're, I'm never going to that lodge again kind of thing yeah. or, or whatever. Just something gets lost in that translation. And it's never, it's not the sum of the parts. I know Steve mentioned earlier that his lodge, instead of amalgamating or that you kind of went back to the basics and, and six steps and whatnot and, and revived. And that sounds like Wayne, that sounds like the foundation for that successful lodge, Matt, when your experience and also Jared, uh, since, since, well, Matt went through it, but Jared didn't did in, in kind of a juxtaposition, Matt, do you feel like your lodge is stronger as it's, since it's been consolidated and Jared, do you feel like your lodge has kind of been revived because you haven't, or I'm curious to see you with that. Oh no, my lodge didn't survive. When, when we went, I, when I became master, my goal was either to have survive, get the lodge to survive or we were giving it up. Um, our biggest problem was um, the majority of our active members were also members of the other lodges in the district. So trying to get people to commit to save one lodge when all the lodges are struggling, it, it just didn't work. So when we pulled the members and we decided that we weren't going to amalgamate with another lodge, we just decided that at the end of last year, we handed our charter back in. Ah, I missed that. Okay. Yeah. And so, Matt, do you find that your lodge is maybe stronger because of the two? So you get the one and a half, more than one. <laughs> is it is it stronger? <laughs> it's it's. <laughs> uh oh. I I I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. I think the guys would agree with me that it's not as successful as we want it to be. That we're still, whereas we were having a, a horrible time, especially in my lodge, uh, <clears throat> finding enough warm bodies to fill chairs. Uh, that is somewhat alleviated, but it hasn't gone away completely. Um, financially, we're in a great position. Uh, both lodges happen to have some some money behind them and, and didn't own a building, so we we have a we're we're doing okay from that perspective. But from a you know, has our membership grown since then? No. Have we have all are all our lodge chairs filled? No. Um, it's it's been a little yeah a little disappointing, honestly. I when when start, people started going, oh, we can't you know we can't find a whatever someone to fill the pick an office marshal's chair. The and I started going. Well, wait a minute. Wasn't this why we merged so we didn't have to go through this again? And so it's it's a little disappointing, but it's it definitely is better than it was for sure. So might I suggest uh, that now that you guys have you know managed to come together, anyways, um, maybe it's not as strong as you would have liked it, but um, being that you've managed to pull it together, there was a desire uh, to to see it uh, continue. Maybe if you had some strategic planning meetings where you try and find out what the um, current new membership is wanting to see in their new lodge, are they, are they wanting more education or are they wanting more social or are they, you know, what are the membership of that particular lodge wanting more of? And, you know, it's funny when, when you, um, you, you get 20 guys in the room and, and they're all starting to, uh, spot out what they want more of and somebody's recording it um they tend to be more committed to that uh statement that they made and when called to action to help make it happen um you know they can easily be reminded of of that moment right so um <clears throat> that sounds like we need an that, episode on revitalizing flailing lodges well we could do that i'm sure we could <laughs> right you know uh uh, the, the, there's lots of great suggestions for that type of thing, whether 
it's revitalizing a lodge or, or helping lodges that have come together continue. I think it's all that same struggle. Um, and, and to me, it really comes down to finding out what the current membership is looking for and deliver it. You know, uh, as long as you deliver what your current membership is looking for, it should thrive, right? Yeah, we have in BC and Yukon uh, came out, well, it was during Barry Birch's here, actually, um, Lodge Health Assessment, and it's a great tool to really see where you are at in many areas of, of Lodge, ritual, education, community, social events, uh, charities, uh, all these categories, and where you sort of stand and where you could improve. And it, it does open the discussion for strategic planning. And, you know, this aligns itself with consolidation. Like I said, yeah, you're looking at the vision of what the new lodge is going to be about. So you really have to address these items and, and work on them. It's sort of going back to basics in many respects and then and working and progressing through it. Yeah, Barry's been a great guest. We really appreciated his time and his involvement, especially the last the series, the last three sessions we've had with him have been really, really excellent. We, we appreciate it. We miss him tonight. He was maybe hoping to join us. And uh, But yeah, it's it's planning and staying connected. And we were talking a little bit about, about that in the Blue Room, ma maintaining connection with the Lodge members and the Lodge brethren. And uh, that's those are critical, especially during these times. Anytime it's, it's important. Doing the basics is always important, especially okay. now. That's right. That's right. And, you know, it's one of the, uh, yesterday I spent, um, three hours with a brother from, uh, the neighboring district, uh, enlightening him into Google drive and all the educational materials that I had there available for him and, um, helping him, uh, uh, download and, and open up and explore the, be uh, the mentorship program that was handed out by the Grand Lodge of British Columbia in Yukon. And um, he, his, his thing was, you know, he's trying to figure out how to get more, give more education, um, try to keep the guys engaged during this pandemic. How are they going to do that? And um, it's, not everybody knows about the tools that were handed down uh, years before they came in to lodge themselves. You know, this, this guy's only been a member for the past four years. The mentorship program came out in 2012, right? So four years pre him, he had no idea, right? And, um, you know, so hopefully uh, when guys that have that, um, I guess enough, enough uh, worry in them to question things and finally ask the questions of people. Hopefully they're getting the answers uh, that can, you know, steer them in the right direction to either improve their lodge experience or their district's experience. Um, because, uh, well, like you say, the more happy guys out there talking about it, the more attraction that'll, that'll bring more guys. Right. And with that, I, I think we're running out of time. On behalf of myself and David and, and Steve here, uh, I want to thank uh, Wayne Yerksa and Jared Dunham and Gordon Heyman for their being here on the Working Tools podcast today and discussing our, our mergers and consolidations. And uh, we look forward to speaking with you all again. <coughs> Thanks, guys. 
Thanks a lot. Thank and thank you for watching the Working Tools Masonic Podcast. Bye.